James, the brother of Jesus, said it best when he said, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. I mean, the things that we enjoy in life, the the hobbies that you do, mountain biking, dirt bike riding, boating, skiing, you know, those are all gifts coming down from the Father. They're gifts from God. You know, with all the, the negativity in the broken world around us, I think it's so easy for us to lose sight of God's goodness. It's so easy for us to get focused on the negative things or the things that maybe we think are not going right in our lives, and we lose sight of the goodness of God. And throughout this series, the remaining time that we have in this series called Gifts, you're going to be reminded, I'm going to be reminded anew of God's goodness. And we're going to learn to think about the right kind of things. I think um, our human nature, and especially those of us that, that watch the news all the time, we, we have a tendency to just focus on the negative so easily. We can just think about everything that's going wrong instead of thinking about what the Apostle Paul said. He said, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Think about things that are good and lovely. Think about things that are admirable. You see, sometimes I think we need to get out of our stinking thinking and get our minds focused on the right things, especially in this time of year. The more you read about Jesus throughout all the Gospels, the more you cannot escape the fact that one of the defining attributes of Jesus Christ is generosity. This morning, the title of the sermon is The Gift of Generosity. The gift of being generous, the gift of a giving heart, a giving spirit. A few years ago, it was actually uh, quite a few years ago, our church used to uh, uh, make hundreds and hundreds of cookies on Christmas Eve here at Grace Church. And we would package them up really nicely and we would distribute them or deliver them to people who had to work on Christmas Eve. And so we would... um, take these cookies to people that were working on Christmas Eve and we would just simply let them know that we were thinking about them. We would pray for them and we would just say, hey, we want you to know that we're thinking about you. We love you. Here's some really excellent cookies and we'd give them these cookies. We would uh, take cookies to fire stations and police stations and nursing stations and the hospital. We would take them to uh, stores. We would even go into uh, bars and liquor stores. One year, some people in our church got offended <laughs> because uh, me and Trisha, we took some uh, cookies into the liquor store on, on the corner to let them know that we were thinking about them. But we, we probably uh, didn't think through it uh, probably as far as we should have. But there was a note on the, on the cookies, and the note said this, thanks for serving our community. <laughs> God bless you, your friends at Grace Church. Uh, and uh, I think the offended people said something like, oh, you guys are promoting alcoholism or something, and it was like, okay, whatever. But it was pretty funny. We gave them some cookies, and it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> that same night, 
we had uh, one more package of cookies to deliver. And Trisha heard about a family that was in need, and they were in financial need. They, they were going through a tough uh, season during this Christmas season a few years back. So me and Trisha and our boys, we decided to do something about this family in need. And we were uh, not only going to deliver some cookies to their front door, but we decided to give them um, a sum of money as well. And this family lived out by the hospital, so we decided to make this delivery last. We had delivered to different areas in town, and we were going to make this delivery last, and then we were going to go to our friend's house um, that Christmas Eve and have a wonderful celebration that Christmas Eve, have wonderful food, and hang out with some awesome friends. And we, uh, we pulled up to this little modest home, and we could see that they were home because the lights were on, and uh, my family and I, we, we walked up to the door with some beautiful cookies and this card with some money stuffed inside. We knocked on the door, and that we, we could hear that someone was coming to the front door to let us in. And Now, you need to know that... Uh, we were all wearing Santa hats, and it was snowing just like it is this morning, okay? It was like, literally, I'm not, I kid you not, it was like a scene out of a Hallmark Christmas movie, okay? <laughs> the only thing is, Trisha and I were already married, we already had kids, you know, Hallmark movies, they always end up together, somehow. But it was just like right out of a Hallmark Christmas show. And as they opened the door, we said, Merry Christmas! We're here to give you some, some excellent cookies, and we want you to know that uh, we love you, we're thinking about you, and uh, we want your Christmas to be greatly blessed, and Merry Christmas. And we handed them the cookies, and we handed them the card, and they said, thank you, thank you, thank you, and I mean, smiles were across their face, like as big as the Grand Canyon, you know, they were just super grateful and appreciative, and as we got back into the car, I was about to drive away, because I was getting hungry, and I wanted to go get some good food, and Trisha said, stop, now wait a minute. Wait a minute, stop, look. I looked back at the house, and as I looked back, we could see their silhouette. Like we could, through their front window. So, yeah, it wasn't an uncomfortable, like, watching, okay? It was, <laughs> it was, it wasn't weird at all, okay? But we did, we saw their silhouettes through the front window. It was snowing, it was Christmas Eve. And we, we watched this family open their card that they had just received. And their silhouettes went something like this. So it was a, a wife and a husband, and it kind of went like this. It was awesome. Like, this really happened. This, is, this was crazy. They, like, celebrated. They embraced. And then we drove away with tears in our eyes. The reason I tell you this story is not to brag or to get a pat on the back. But the reason I tell you this story is to remind us all this morning that it is truly more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus Christ is the one who said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And that Christmas Eve, we were greatly blessed. Man, we, we, were, we were so tremendously blessed to have been able to give and to be able to be generous. The gift of generosity. 
throughout the pages of Scripture, we are called to give generously. We are to be a generous people. We are to be a generous church. We are called to generosity. All the way back in the beginning, in the book of Exodus, chapter 35, we see the Israelites were all generously giving the materials and the time needed to build the tabernacle. Now, if if the people decided to withhold the materials or to withhold their time, the tabernacle may not have been built. It was built because of people's generosity. As we move forward in the scriptures, we, we come to the prophet Malachi. The prophet Malachi was the one that told us this was the only area that we could test God. We could test God in the area of generosity. In the New Testament, God himself led by example by giving us his son because he loves us so much. And his son, Jesus Christ, died on a cross for us. John 3.16, the famous verse of all time says, For God so loved the world that he gave. Our God is a generous God. It sets the example or the model for us that generosity in God's people should be sacrificial. And we should be a generous people. Here's a small sampling, just two verses of what, what, what the scripture has to say about giving and generosity. The apostle Matthew said, give as freely as you have received. Think about the gifts in your life. Think about how God has blessed you. And the Apostle Matthew says, give that freely. Like, just give the way it's been given to you. Listen to the incredible words of King Solomon, the wisest man to have ever lived. I love this verse. He says in Proverbs eleven twenty five, he says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Maybe another way you could say it is what goes around comes around. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And I know I'm looking out this morning and I can see a lot of generous people and I know this to be true because you are a generous people and God has been generous to you. You refresh people and God refreshes you. I know this to be true. I don't know if you consider yourself to be a generous person or not. I I know personally I have a lot of work to do in this area. Sometimes I can be stingy. Sometimes I can be closed-fisted. Sometimes I can be afraid because I don't know if I can, you know, pay the bills tomorrow. And so I, 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 I clench my fists and I try to hold it tight. But man, I want to. I want to grow personally. I want us as a church, I want you as individuals, as families, to continue to be more of a people like this. Where it's like, man, we're not afraid. We know God owns it all. He not only owns a cattle on a thousand hills, but he owns the stinking hills. He owns it all. So let's not be afraid. Let's be generous. Let's not be afraid of tomorrow. God will provide. Man, one of the things I love about this time of year, the Christmas season, is that this Christmas season seems to elevate the generosity in all of us. seems like generosity just seems to increase during this time of year. It's almost like the Christmas season fuels generosity in us. And maybe we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, even St. Nicholas, where we get Santa Claus, was a very generous, compassionate man. 
he invested into and he gave to the poor. Think about all the, the Christmas movies that you watch. They all seem to center around someone who was very selfish like Ebenezer Scrooge. And then at Christmas time, something happens in him and, and he, he becomes more generous towards people. I mean, at Christmas, all the stories seem to be about people unleashing generosity around them. And those stories inspire us. I mean, generosity, Christmas, it goes together. Maybe it's the music, the lights, the festivities. How many of you have Christmas parties that you're going to this month? All right, raise your hand if you're going to them, all right? How many of you are going to more than one Christmas party? All right, anybody going to five or more Christmas parties? Okay, whew, all right, good. That was kind of random, but I was just curious how busy you people were. Generosity at Christmas isn't some recent happening, you know? It's just not just recent, like we've all of a sudden began to kind of put Christmas and generosity together in the last 50 to 100 years. The story of St. Nicholas comes from 300 A.D. That's over 1,700 years ago. The reality is, is generosity at Christmas started 2,000 years ago when God did the most generous act in human history and sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be born here on this earth, and then he would eventually die for us. And Jesus has been calling us to unleash generosity in our world ever since. And that's what we want to do this Christmas as a church. I want, I want to take just a few moments in this sermon to try to practice what we talked about at the very beginning when the Apostle Paul said, whatever is pleasant, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is good, whatever is admirable, I want you to think on these things. And so I'm going to take a few moments to help us think about some really cool and some good things. First of all, you need to know that this Christmas Eve, we are planning on having three Christmas Eve services, one at 2, 3.30, and 5 p.m. Last year, we saw um, over 400 people attend these three services, and it is going to be a great time. This Christmas Eve, uh, just like we did last year, at each service, we're going to be taking a special offering called the Hope Offering. And all the monies raised in this offering are going to go to fund benevolent needs that arise in 2020. Wow, we're almost to 2020. That's crazy. Okay? The, the, the money that's raised is going gonna, is gonna to fund these needs that arise inside and outside of, of Grace Church. And we're praying and we're trusting God for over $15,000 to be raised this Christmas Eve. So let me share a little bit about our benevolent ministry here at Grace Church. At, at Grace, we do our best to give to every single person that comes in and asks. All right? The scripture says if you have if you have it to give, you should give it, okay? So we do our best to give to everyone who comes in need. We provide food, prayer, and the gospel to anyone in need through our benevolent food box ministry. So we have food boxes that we give to people that come in randomly throughout the week. And let me tell you, there are a lot of people that are coming week in and week out to get food boxes. Um, we can also point those people to other help that's available in the community, um, and, and we pray for them and we try to share the gospel with them. You may, may or may not know this, but the River Church does an annual food drive concert with the Bardi Wranglers. So they have the Bardi Wranglers come in, they put on a concert, they do a big food drive, and they give all that food to Grace Church for our food box ministry. And I, the reason I share that with you is because I love the fact that we're partnering with other ministries in our community to meet people's needs 
because we're all on the same team. All right? I love that. And so can we give uh, the River Church a round of applause real quick? That would be awesome. That would be awesome. So the way it works is, is the pastor team here at Grace is responsible to identify, to pray, and to decide on needs that arise inside or outside of the church. And then we take steps to help with those financial or physical needs. So throughout the week, any random people that come in that most of the time we don't know, we give them a food box and we, we give them something. But when it comes to uh, ministering to people that have a financial need or medical need or, you know, different needs in that, in that regard, we try to, to handle it in a very uh, wise and a very God-honoring way. So the money's raised in this offering will go to take care of those needs inside and outside of the church. And over the past few years, we've been able to help families and individuals within Grace Church and outside of Grace Church who are going through difficult seasons. And the, and the fruit from these efforts has been really, really positive. It's been really good. So if we help people outside of our church, someone um, is, is needing some help, financial assistance, we do our best to make sure that they are connected with one of you inside of the church. We want there to be uh, some sort of relationship established. And so um, when someone outside of the church, we do our best to make sure they have a connection with one of you inside of the church. And we believe this approach allows us to love and to share with with those folks in, in a way that really impacts them. Not just giving them money, but man, taking care of them even in a greater way. At the same time, we plan to continue blessing, once again, just random visitors, random guests that come and stop by with food and prayer and the gospel. And so I'm asking you, I'm asking you to start praying and and just planning, making some plans even now to give to the Hope Offering this Christmas Eve. Um, One other clarifying note before we move on. To those of you who call Grace Church home, we don't want you to take um, your financial commitment what we refer to as the tithe, we don't want you to take your tithe and give that to the hope offering. The hope offering is what we would call sacrificial giving. This is above and beyond your financial commitment to Grace Church. So if you cannot afford to give outside of your tithe, and we would rather you actually um, not give to the hope offering. So just wanted to clarify that for those of you that call Grace Church home. But this is the part here where we're going to focus on the way we think. Let me share just a couple stories of how the Hope Offering has helped people last year. First of all, I want to share a story with you about a teacher that we were able to bless and, and help. Uh, she ran into some really difficult times, and we were able to help her out with a gift card. And she wrote us a card just uh, not too long ago, and this is what she said. I just want to express my humble gratitude to you and your family at Grace Church. Though things are still grim... I've been able to use the the gift card to feed my family and my pets, purchase necessary household goods, and purchase some gifts for my three children for Christmas. Thank you so much for coming to my rescue. And then she signed her name. How cool is that? How cool is that? Because of the Hope Offering, we were able to bless a lot of people. In 2019, I want to list just a few of the things that we did with the Hope Offering last year. Once again, the purpose of doing this is to encourage you. And uh, 
the way the scripture says is actually to provoke one another to love and good works. And so I'm trying to provoke you a little bit this morning. The Hope Offering helped send some kids to youth camp. It provided some much-needed counseling for people in great need of encouragement. The Hope Offering fixed a couple broken-down vehicles for people without wheels. The offering allowed us to better care for and bless some widows here at Grace Church. It provided firewood for some folks in need. The Hope Offering purchased some children's Bibles for some kids who didn't have any. The Hope Offering blessed some foster children in our church. It helped some families that were buried under medical bills. And we were even able to get a used car for a woman who didn't have transportation. Got her a stinking car. It was was incredible. These are just a few ways that the Hope Offering has blessed people inside and outside of Grace Church. And I want to, I just want to take a moment to say thank you, Grace Church, for being so generous. And, and, and here's what we're hoping for as, as we continue to grow in our generosity. We, we take this hope offering, but we want you to have ownership in it. We want you to have more buy-in. We want you to, to be aware of needs that are happening. If you're working with a co-worker, this is what happened with this te- teacher. A, a woman in our church was connected with her heard about her need, she said, hey, can we help with the hope offering? We said, yes, all right, absolutely. There was relationship there, and we were able to do something about the need that was presented to us. We want you to to be aware of of the needs around you and not feel like you're strapped and you can't help, but man, we have some resources here at the church where we can help people in need. Man, thank you for being such a generous church. I, I just took, I was at the beach, and I had a lot of time to think, all right? So I I just wrote down some things that I learned about generosity this past year. Three things that I just wanted to share with you. Call it beach wisdom, okay? (laughs) This is getting stupid, okay. First of all, one of the things I've learned about generosity, when you have a generous heart, you cannot outgive God. You can... Give something that seems scary to you, okay? Been there, done that? But God always provides. He always comes through in miraculous ways. And you end up having everything that you need. Secondly, when you have a generous heart, things, stuff, materialism cannot control you. When you are like this and you live open-handed and you just, man, you receive and you give as freely as you receive, it's kind of like this, in and out. You receive, you give. Things don't have their claws in your back. When you foster a generous heart, you start looking at stuff and things differently. You see, most people use people and they love money. But when you have a generous heart, you start to use money and you love people. It starts to shift in your mind and in your spirit. Lastly, a generous heart is full of action. Man, this is, I think, where your faith really begins to come alive because 
you take action. You start having ears that care and are listening to the needs around you. And then you hear a need and you get excited about meeting that need. And it becomes fun. It's exciting. It's full of action. Generosity is not just feeling sorry for people. And let me just tell you, most people don't want to be felt sorry for. They really don't. Having a generous heart means that we take action and we do something about those needs that are around us. And let me just, man, let me just remind us, church, when you refresh people, you will be refreshed. There's going to be times in your life where you might run into some hard times and you might have needs that arise. And when you have a generous heart, people will be generous right back at you. I'm going to end this morning by looking to the scriptures to see what John, John was an eyewitness to to the life and ministry of Jesus. And I want to see what he had to say about generosity. And we're going to look at 1 John, 1 John chapter 3. And the apostle John, who probably knew Jesus better than anyone else, is reflecting on Jesus' love and, and his generosity. And this is what he writes to us in 1 John 3.16. Not John 3.16, 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. All right, if you ever wanted to know, like, what is love? All this lovey-dovey stuff, man, what, what is real love? Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's, that's what real love is. Real love is laying down your life. He goes on to say, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Okay, Apostle John, how do we lay down our lives for each other? Like, how do we do that in this day and age? And John says, let me tell you how. He goes on in 1 John chapter 3. This is verse 17. If anyone has material possessions, okay, 99.999% of us have to raise our hands and say, that's me. I got material possessions, okay? We live in the richest country in the history of the world. One of my favorite statistics is this. 85% of Americans who have a two-car garage can't park their car in the garage because they have too much stuff in their garages. Okay, okay, I got it. I got material possessions, Apostle John. What does that mean? He goes on to say, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, And then John asks a question that's really tough. It's a question that we have to wrestle with. Now remember, remember he's reflecting. uh, He might be sitting on the beach too, okay? He's reflecting on what Jesus has done. And John says this, how can the love of God be in that person? If you see a brother or sister in need and you have stuff and you have no pity on them, how can the love of God be in you? And the Apostle John isn't trying to guilt us into being more generous. He's simply pointing out the obvious. He says, you have all of these possessions. Like, What are, what are you doing with these possessions? I, I heard a quote sometime back that really stuck with me, and it goes like this. It says, the problem with poverty is not God's provision, but human distribution. And God has already provided all the resources that we need. He's provided everything that we need. 
The question is, is will we be a generous people and give what's already been given to us? John continues in verse 18. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And I'm telling you, I want my faith to be that way. I want the, the reputation of Grace Church to be that way. I want your faith to be that way, that we're not full of hot air, that we're not just a church that sings and talks. No, we are a church that puts our money where our mouth is, and we show the love of Jesus with actions and in truth. And this is the opportunity before us, Grace Church. We have the opportunity to unleash some incredible generosity on those in need and those who are hurting in our own church and in our own communities. You see, the love of Jesus Christ is most visible through the generous, loving acts of his people. really is. And so I want to challenge you this Christmas season to have some ears, to have some eyes, to see or to hear people in need and to do something about it. If it's just one family, just one person, take action and try to meet some needs this Christmas season. I think you will be the one that receives the greatest blessing because it is more blessed to give than to receive.